Hi everyone, this is Kareem from What If. I just had a wonderful discussion with Fadi Mikati from the Tripoli Entrepreneurs Club in Lebanon. Um, I just made a little mistake on my side with the microphone, so you might hear a certain echo. Um, but I still hope you can enjoy it and I figured out what the mistake was, so in the future it should not be the case anymore. Thanks so much for being part of the show. This is the 20th episode. I'm very excited for what the future of what it will bring. And um, you're going to hear from me soon. And for now, enjoy the discussion with Fadi Mikati. Welcome to What If, presented by culturedesign.org. I'm your host, Kareem Mustakni, and today we have Fadi Mikati with us, co-founder at Tripoli Entrepreneurs Club, um, co-founded in 2013 with his co-founder. Fadi is a purpose-driven business catalyst, and he helps to found startups through the Tripoli Entrepreneurs Club. Fadi, welcome. Thank you, Kareem, for hosting me. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, I mean, you're based in Tripoli in Lebanon at the moment. Um, before we dive a little bit deeper, you, you wrote that you're a purpose-driven business catalyst. What does it mean? Um, actually, I have changed this title a lot until reaching this uh, title now. Um, I was before like... Um, uh, ecosystem builder or community builder and then I discovered that I have to be more humble or uh, maybe I have to start from scratch especially after having uh, our crisis in Lebanon then I discovered that I have to be business catalyst instead of like uh, ecosystem builder but at the end of the, of the day I'm building an ecosystem with my colleagues um, but for me uh, at the end I discovered that this is very simple the ecosystem is to build, helping uh, to build businesses and startups. So like, let's make it simple. Okay. Why purpose-driven? Because um, I have a cause in my career, um, working for something that doesn't have a cause or doesn't have a purpose is meaningful for me. So uh, I, I live for a reason, for a cause, and I need to build uh, businesses to enhance the well-being of people uh, in my community and that's all yeah that's it <laughs> okay fantastic and just to dive into it i mean um into the what if question like what if you had to found startups or companies during a political and economical crisis that you're facing right now in lebanon right yeah exactly uh, actually um we are already doing this. Um, so what if is actually uh, uh, happening now? Right. Um, yes, uh, so uh, it's very um, logical to build the businesses during the crisis because during the crisis we, we have a lot of opportunities out of it. Uh, what is applied, what does apply in Lebanon is that um, uh, the, the crisis is leading to um, currency fluctuations, so the lira is becoming very uh, cheap, so which leads to um, um, a 
expensive imported products. So people have to find alternatives in order to be affordable for the low and mid uh, income people in Lebanon. So which is here, uh, we can find the opportunities. So basically uh, we can, we are building businesses and startups in the agri-food, which is, which are actually alternatives for the imported products. So this is the opportunity as well as the fashion and crafts. Uh, yes, it's not innovation, maybe it's not technology, but uh, this is the healthy way to build a, 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 a good economy. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you're looking on the opportunity, right? Um, are you focusing then also much more on the agri um, food culture? Uh, not really, uh, but uh, what we do, we don't have a focus actually. Um, but depends on the market needs. So if the market now is uh, looking for, uh, looking to, to, to build businesses around uh, this uh, sector or, or another sector. So we help, since we are helping building business, so doesn't matter in which sectors. Uh, so uh, no, we don't have the focus, but it's actually um, by depending on the market trend. Uh, two years before, it was maybe focused on the service economy and knowledge economy. Mm. Now, since we're having the crisis, we're going into uh, agro-food and fashion and craft created uh, trade industry, as well as the ICT. So these are the main, uh, actually, uh, sectors that we are um, working on, not only focusing on, but it also depends on the market trends. Right. Um, and, and how is it going at the moment? Um, uh, we have, we are, we are seeing a lot of potential, Karim. Um, and people are seeing uh, the, the quality of product, products that we can, that we can produce. Uh, if uh, you mentioned this like two years before, they will not um, find it a logical uh, status that we are producing products which are uh, better uh, like uh, better quality than the imported ones so now we are re realizing that we can do this um, so it's it has a big very good potential uh, uh, the entrepreneurs are becoming more like uh, they are the believing in that that we can produce on our own and we have creativity to produce fashion to produce uh, jewelry is to produce, uh, to design. Uh, and we also have Lebanon is, is known by its uh, food, one of the most famous uh, cuisine in the whole world. So why we should uh, import uh, products from abroad? Uh, right. So it's, it's, going, it's going in the right direction, I believe, uh, regardless of the other uh, um, uh, difficulties that we are having and challenges that we are having in the country. Yeah. Um, before we go deeper into that, how would you describe the Tripoli Entrepreneurs Club? Like, how big is it? How many people work there? How many startups? Uh, maybe a few years ago in the beginning and now. Um, Tripoli Entrepreneurs Club is a haven for young, uh, um, energetic, proactive, problem solver youth looking forward to uh adding value to their communities um we started with uh, like two or three uh, founders in 2013 
uh, we grow organically uh, and then until reaching now 15 uh, team members between marketing, between customer success and program leads, uh, innovation team and uh, operations team. So, uh, so yeah, that's how we grew now. And uh, we are having that uh, many programs, um, one for the startups from idea to startup, another one for the scale up from a startup to a business, which, which have a, a, a model to scale and to grow. And uh, a program for individuals looking forward to joining startups and businesses while having entrepreneurial mindset. So we help, we, we help them uh, match, to be matched with these businesses and we equip them with the right skills to be ready for uh, being an entrepreneur working for a business. I see. And, and how many people went through the programs or startups? Um, I guess um, and this program and all the whole programs were more than 400 people. Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah. and, and, and if you look at the situation right now and um, how, how many startups are still there or? Um, actually, uh, a lot of them uh, have disappeared after the crisis. They uh, traveled abroad uh, from the uh, from the batches before the crisis. We still have like around between five to six startups, but after the crisis, we're having still having uh, around twenty to thirty startups now. Okay. Not to mention the the operating businesses. Speaking about only the startups, but the operating businesses are uh, more than fifty. More than 50. Okay. Okay. Yes. You, you mean the bigger ones or? Yes, exactly. Okay. Understood. Um, and, and when you say or talk about the crisis, um, did it start, did the crisis start for you with the explosion um, at the harbor in Beirut or did it start earlier already? No, it started before. It started in 2019, actually, uh, when... Um, when the system actually started deteriorating, so the, uh, the 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 explosion was actually I would not say that in that I'm not happy to say it in that way, but it was a cherry on the top of the crisis. Mm -hmm. It was a disaster actually, not a cherry, but uh, uh, this was not the only uh, uh, disaster we had. In the previous years, but we had we we had like uh, we're having uh, still um, a uh, deteriorated economy. So nothing. Uh, so we're we're going to uh, back to the basics. Like lack of fuel uh, prices are going crazy. Uh, uh, so the the basic living conditions are not there. So, and the explosion was also an additional disaster uh, joining uh, <laughs> the other ones. Oh, wow. So, no, it started like it started actually two years before. Okay. Okay. It feels then that the explosion that just made the crisis visible to the Western world, maybe as well, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, maybe. Yeah, exactly. 
So the corona, it was a global, uh, it was a global uh, uh, problem, but in Lebanon, it was one of many uh, yeah. problems. Wow. And, and you mentioned before we started to, you, you have currently like 15 to 18 electricity cuts, right? Yeah. How is it to, to work in that condition? Um, we, we always had that, that problem before, okay. especially in the summer, but now it's accelerating. Mm. Um, it's becoming like the cutting hours are uh, becoming like uh, more and more. Right. And so we, we do have this resilience against this electricity cut, but now it's becoming very hard. Uh, so we have the threat of uh, not having fuel oil and gas in the coming days. So we're still like uh, waiting if there is any um, good news regarding this problem mm. or a solution. Uh, we don't have a government. Um, our uh, public institutions are uh, not working and not performing. Mm. So uh, the people are desperate and uh, waiting for any like, miracle to happen. But uh, <clears throat> yes, we, we are resilient against these challenges, but now <laughs> are that they are becoming, uh, I don't know, um, not bearable at all, actually, but we're still, we're still surviving. Mm. But we're counting the days that uh, we might like, um, that the life will, will maybe like now, while we speak now, uh, in the coming two, two or three days, uh, we might not have the opportunity to speak uh, over the internet. So we, we, we don't know what will happen. So the internet, oh yeah, will probably also- Because it will be affected by the, the lack of uh, fuel, so right. yeah. Wow, and this is for uh, Tripoli or youth everywhere in Lebanon? Uh, actually, uh, if, pro if Lebanon has a certain problem in Tripoli, it will be like by, you have to multiply it by 10. Always in Tripoli, we have the biggest problems. Um, maybe because it's uh, um, uh, it's far from the capital, so it's right. not considered. The government is not dealing with Tripoli as the second capital of Lebanon. It's just dealing with with Tripoli as a very far village from from the city, from the capital. Mm -hmm. uh, despite that, this city has a very huge potential as an economic hub. We have uh, economic, um, uh, we have the port, the airport, we have uh, a very huge uh, fair, international fair. We have a human resources. We have a lot of, of uh, economic potential, but unfortunately the government is not, is not fair actually <laughs> while mm -hmm. dealing with, uh, with, with uh, Tripoli and also other cities as well. Okay, and can you, um, tell the listeners how big is uh, Tripoli in comparison to Beirut? Yes, uh, Tripoli, uh, we have almost 800,000 mm -hmm. uh, people in Tripoli, uh, while in Beirut we have one million and a half, actually, I, th I think. We don't, in Lebanon, we don't have updated data, right. but this is the, the last, last research I had. Mm. So, yes, it is the second capital of, of, of Lebanon, and um, so in uh, regarding the habitants, yes, we are 750,000 something. 
Okay. And uh, you yeah. And you also grew up in Tripoli, right? Yes, I did. Born, born raised. How, how was it for you growing up in Tripoli? I mean, um, you know, a, a Tripoli is uh, it's it's kind of a uh, a big village. Growing in Tripoli is very nice being a city where everyone know each other so the community is very small mm-hmm. uh if you like uh hanging out in a certain streets you can see all your friends all over the way it's it's a nice city to 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 live actually to live in actually in, in Tripoli and we have also uh, we are uh, lucky to to have like uh, a very good uh, food Uh, in terms of sweets and uh, others. So actually, yes, it was very, very nice to live in Tripoli uh, because I, I have tried being uh, to live in Beirut. Beirut is a different story. I love my capital, <laughs> but uh, living in Tripoli is a different story. In which way? Um, uh, and, and the capital, there is like the, the traffic, uh, you have to, you know, hmm. um, everything, almost everything is artificial. One in Tripoli, if, uh, if, in, if in Beirut, if you look at the, you have to, if you want to, to see the sky, it's very hard. You have to look up, very up to see the sky because right. of the very high buildings. So everything around you in Beirut is like buildings, buildings and vehicles and uh, traffic jams. Uh, but, uh, and if you want also to, to go out, to go out of the city, you have to spend like one hour maybe. The, the, but in Tripoli, it's actually, if you want to go to the sea, it's, it takes you five minutes. If you don't go to the, the mountain, it, it takes you 20 minutes. If you want to reach any place, any restaurant, uh, it takes you like 10 minutes. Uh, so yes, growing up in Tripoli is very, it's very lucky being in Tripoli actually. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Yes. And, and um, now with this crisis, have you ever experienced a crisis like this? We have actually experienced many um, um, Incidents, actually, but mm. not economic crisis. We had witnessed um, um, uh, um, turbulence, actually, between mm. like neighborhoods, right. uh, fights. Um, yeah, but uh, this this kind of crisis for me, it's my my first time. Okay, and and. Uh... I mean, I've met you for the first time in Turin in Italy um, when we uh, visited a common friend and we're at a conference from the Global Shapers. And I always found it very fascinating. Your smile is the first thing you usually see when you see Fadi and, uh, and your love for food. And, um, <laughs> and, and I always like that you look at the positive things despite the challenges. Um, But it would be interesting to understand how does a crisis like this, um, economical-wise um, and and political-wise, um, changed you, and which effects did it have on your mental health? Um, this is a very nice question, actually. Um, um, where to start? Um, my mental health. 
uh, is affected, of course. All of, all of us is affect, are affected because of the crisis. Mm. But what I do to maintain my mental health is to, um, first of all, um, I'm still lucky to having an income. This is my maybe my uh, this is the first reason because I don't have to worry on my family so far. I don't know what will happen next. And uh, so I'm I'm actually privileged and lucky to have a certain fixed income over the like actually maybe the, the upcoming uh, years or one or two years. Um, so and I also know I'm also like um, always believed in myself that even if I don't have an income anymore, I can work on it. And uh, there's always a way to monetize my knowledge, my experience. So this is from like the, the income perspective. Um, regarding the, the mental health of living in this crisis, um, I, I saw that the, the crisis from a different perspective is that we need this crisis. We needed this crisis as a Lebanese because we used to live in a bubble. Um, everything is imported. Uh, always uh, the money is always available from, from the banks. If you want to take a loan, it's very low interest. If you're going to going to have a vacation, we can provide you with a loan. This is not uh, a, a condition, a, a logical conditions for a, for a poor country. Right. So. So the, the crisis, uh, as a, for me, is it, it, it has a very high cost, very very high cost. However, it's a, it's a good starting point uh, mm. to start living in uh, a, a uh, as we are, as we can, with the resources we have. Mm. I don't believe in like always uh, using more resources that. Uh, uh, we need. Uh, once I saw a, a, a quote, um, it says that the definition of a poison, Karim. Right. Um, so the quote said, um, what is poison? Poison is anything beyond what we need is a poison. It can be a power. It can be laziness, food, ego, ambition, vanity, fear, anger, or whatever. So we used to live in a poison. Now it's time to uh, living without a poison. Uh, this is how I looked at this, this crisis and to, to maintain my mental health. Plus, and maybe most importantly, is uh, I'm a believer. And I believe that God always like uh, uh, test us with certain challenges and we have to keep believing and to keep hoping. Um, so uh, I always believe that God created this crisis for a reason. To keep, first of all, to keep believing in his power to change anything. And also uh, to, to see how we can deal with this crisis, with these challenges. Um, and I, I can see also the the, uh, the cure for anything, uh, not only from a um, uh, from the perspective like of belief, but also from a very logical perspective. 
um, what we are, it's very, very, very simple. When you have a bad leadership, a bad system, this is always be, will always be the, 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 uh, the result. So the change starts from within. So I always say to myself that if I want to see the change in my society, I have to change myself. I have to keep reminding myself that I need to keep always uh, um, helping the community uh, to be kind to people to, uh, and to spread this mindset. So every, if everyone has this mindset, we'll never have a crisis. I believe, I do believe that every crisis that happens in the world is because of the cruel human beings. So the, the cure is, I think, I believe that the cure is uh, from within. Wow. That's, uh, that answer itself was worse. A uh, whole podcast. Thank you so much for that. Um, and, and when you look at your social circles, friends, um, or also people in the Triple D Entrepreneurs Club, um, you, you also mentioned that some of them has left the country, right? Um, or yes. Uh, yeah. And how, how are other people dealing with the crisis? And maybe you could also give an example of uh, when you say economical changes. How did the prices change for food, for example? Yeah. So two questions. Um, yeah. So actually, some people escape the country because maybe they are not privileged enough to to stay. They don't have enough resources maybe to stay to say they don't have any other choices. Mm -hmm. uh, others like couldn't uh, stay with this pressure that like they don't know what when they lose uh, they lose everything. Yeah. Uh, others like they're obliged to stay because for their families, so they have to find solution to stay. Uh, and others also, uh, they only what they do is to nag without finding solutions, the passive kind of people. Uh, others, uh, they dedicate themselves to support. So uh, looking for to raise funds and helping the underprivileged ones um uh, so we you know in every society we have the passive and the, and the positive and the active people uh, so we have uh, i have witnessed or i have seen many many of them uh, so yes so we have the the passive ones used to nag and looking for the first opportunity to leave the country mm. others like are staying and they believe they want to stay and to do something and to change and to play a positive role in the society. They, if they are privileged, they can help others and uh, doing campaigns and fundraising to, to support the underprivileged ones. Um, so you asked me the second question what about the food. Mm -hmm. How did the cost change? Like if you could get examples before the wow, crisis. The cost, the cost of living have raised like, I think I don't have exact numbers because if, uh, every day it's changed. Mm. Um, but uh, I can see that I can tell that the cost of living has uh, grown by, I think, more than 10 times, more, more than 10 times that used before. Wow. Cost of living. Yeah. Without having any, any subsidy, any support by the government, actually. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So. Mm. This is uh, this is really difficult. Um, yeah, 
and and is it um how, how do you see families dealing with this at the moment if they can't afford it is it how um yeah uh, actually uh, the lebanese uh, always uh, so we have lebanese all over the world mm. Le lebanon is very known by its diaspora mm. and the diaspora is, is now playing a very important role uh, to support and to keep to maintain the livelihood of the locals mm. especially the underprivileged ones um, so this this is how every family in lebanon has at least one uh, uh, family member outside Lebanon and earning money in fresh dollar, which is, sorry, I meant fresh. I have to, uh, to explain what is the fresh dollar. I will explain it later, but uh, earning, earning money in dollar. Dollars now and, uh, and, and currently is, uh, is, is very valuable. Someone who earns a, uh, earns its uh, uh, like the, the, the income and dollar uh, can can afford living in Lebanon very easily because of the currency fluctuation currency uh, the Lebanese lira is becoming very 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 low so uh, this is how actually this is the business model of Lebanon unfortunately this is how we st we we're still resilient and we're still maintaining our livelihood because of the diaspora supporting and sending uh, money to Lebanon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, last, uh, the last year we had uh, around $7 billion uh, wired to Lebanon. Wow. Uh, to, to support the, the local, yeah, yes, the, the locals, actually the families. So the families are counting on their, on their uh, family members living abroad. This is mm. how we are dealing with the crisis. Wow. But that also means that the people who left Lebanon, they never left Lebanon in some way, right? I mean, that it yeah. means they have strong relationships. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, usually the Lebanese people are like, uh, we have family ties as a society. Mm. Um, so, yes, uh, even like, even the, not only the close family, but the, extended families, they support each other. And this is one of the bright side of the crisis when you see like people like uh, collaborating and supporting each other, mm. raising uh, funds, uh, looking for medications for, for underprivileged ones. And uh, so if you, when you can see this, this is heartwarming. Right. Uh, what, what, why you are having this, this uh, People who are like having this mindset, why they are corrupted, why they are electing corrupted people. Mm -hmm. You are kind inside. So you have to be, <laughs> you have to, to be also um, aligned with your, with your decisions and your actions. Anyway, so this is how, right. yes, exactly. So the families are uh, really tied together and supporting each other. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and in, you mentioned like the word collaboration to, to look more for the outlook now in this crisis. Um, so it would be interesting if you go back to the first question that you had, the what if you had to found a company during a crisis, where do you see and, and how do you think that the people who are part of the typical entrepreneurship, they also see the opportunities like you? And um, as a first question, how do they handle it at the moment with the opportunities? And third question, 
where do you think or where do you wish Lebanon can go in the next five, 10, 20 years um, mm. after understanding that maybe the crisis was good to, for everyone to understand we lived in a bubble, but where can Lebanon go with entrepreneurship? Uh, yeah. Um, what your first question uh, was about the uh, Tripoli Entrepreneurs Club members, yes. how are they yes. dealing with the opportunities and how they see it? Yeah. Um, first of all, we are uh, playing an important role in spreading awareness about the, the positive side of the crisis. Mm -hmm. We always like uh, post uh, and stand and prepare videos and blogs around uh, the opportunities now during the crisis. Uh, that the, for example, five reasons to start a business or a startup in, in the crisis. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so spreading awareness around this is the right time to start, uh, given the the low the low cost of starting a business, to be given the the the, the, uh, um, the 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 fluctuation of the Lebanese lira. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, companies are firing their employees of big companies, so maybe you can find the right team members for yourself for your company. Mm -hmm. Experienced ones, you don't have to train them from the scratch. Um, and also, um, there is no social pressure. You know, this, building a startup, especially in our uh, community in our country, right. uh, someone who, who, who builds a startup. Uh, for some people, is an alien. Uh, how you are building a startup? You think you will succeed? So you know, uh, go and find a job, a regular job. Uh, so there is a lot of social pressure for people who are for on, on entrepreneurs with trying to build something, even if, if they fail. So right. they are always afraid of, of failing. Mm. So during the crisis, it's okay, more okay to fail because of the yeah. challenges around us. So we have a lot of reasons. To, to start a, a, a business in the, in the, in during the crisis. And uh, this is how we are focusing on like spreading awareness. So uh, if they don't see the opportunity, we push them to believe and we push them to see the opportunity. And uh, sometimes it's not seeing the opportunity. Sometimes it's they don't have any other option. They don't have the opportunity or the privilege to escape or to live abroad or to find a job abroad. Uh, so, and the, their employment is, uh, is not, the, the, the earning from their employment is worth uh, nothing, mm. especially if they earn their money uh, with the local uh, uh, currency. Right. So they might find that the only possible solution to sustain uh, themselves and to stay in the country is to build a business. So yeah, so if they don't see the opportunity, they are obliged to see the opportunity. Um, so your second question was about... Um, um, yeah, the first and second, they were about the entrepreneurs, but the third one was more about um, where do you wish Lebanon can go in the next five, 10 or 20 years from this crisis and the learnings that maybe um, the people lived in a bubble? Yeah. Um, I hope uh, they will not, the, the, the Lebanese people will not have the memory of a fish. I hope they will uh, keep, to keep in mind and to, to uh, keep the lessons in their mind that we have 
to to live with our own resources. Um, Lebanon, I wish to see Lebanon as a uh, as a hub in the region um, for the knowledge economy and the youth, and because we do have the the uh, the resources and potential for that, and. Uh, uh, because the, the one of the, or the main pillar, the main pillar to build an ecosystem or a hub for entrepreneurs is to have the human resources. And this is what we have actually, this is the, our main asset. Uh, the other assets or the other, uh, um, other component or the others, uh, other uh, uh, pillars can come, can, uh, we can build them later on. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking about the infrastructure, technology, um, the markets. Um, so we do have the main, the most important pillar, which is we do have good educational institution. Mm -hmm. we, our universities are one of the top in the world. Uh, we speak different languages. We speak French, English, and Arabic. We can deal with the East and the West. Um, we are good in communication. Uh, Lebanon was always the, the land of Phoenicians who are like, their job was to go and trade all over the world. So we, we consider Lebanon as a home, but not the only home. Our world is the world, the whole world is uh, the market, but Lebanon is the home. Um, so uh, Lebanese are, are uh, international by, by identity. So we do have this, this pillar, the, the most important pillar for entrepreneurs. Uh, so I wish to see Lebanon as a entrepreneurship hub in the upcoming two, 20 or 30 years, but we cannot see this until we learn from our mistakes. Uh, even, even Karim and, and entrepreneurship uh, scene, we saw that we, we lived in a bubble. When, while we have the, the available cash, uh, we used to spend a lot on nothing, actually, uh, on uh, conferences, very luxurious conferences, screens, advertisements. Uh, we brought uh, speakers uh, from all over the world and paid them like 1,000, uh, maybe $1,000 uh, for to speak for 20 minutes. We need, uh, we need to, to manage our, our uh, payments, our budget more wisely. Uh, we have to look more on the, uh, on the basics. We have to build the infrastructure, the, the right mindset. We have to start with the educational system. Um, uh, even we have to get rid of the political affiliations. Even on entrepreneurship, we, we have witnessed political affiliations. And political mm -hmm. privileges. So corruption is all over the place. So I I hope that we get we get rid of of uh, of corruption, of political affiliation, and to build the country the best way possible. Wow. Yes. I, I uh, wish you and all the citizens of Lebanon all the best for that. Um, I I have one question on on the current startups in Lebanon. Um, what would you say is currently the most successful startup in Lebanon, especially like during the crisis? 
the most successful startup in Lebanon. Um, I would say the startups who uh, have uh, scale up or uh, who, who could scale uh, before the crisis. But I would say we have uh, two startups mm-hmm. who that made the exit. Right. Uh, speaking about Angami, which is uh, a music broadcasting application, mm-hmm. uh, similar to uh, help me please with the name, uh, uh, broadcasting like similar to Spotify. Yeah. About covering the 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 Arab region, it's called Angami, and they have they have a very smart smart uh, business model, and another. Um, Another uh, uh, application, also, oh, sorry, uh, uh, startup or business is, is called Shahia. Shahia is a platform that uh, for recipes, sharing recipes uh, uh, in Arabic, actually. So they started from scratch. I know Shahia. Shahia used to be a very small uh, business, and then uh, and while focusing on the Arab uh, Arabic content. Um, and then they grew organically with the time, and then until they re- they reach like um, very big markets in the Arab region. I'm speaking about millions of users. Um, so until uh, a uh, cookpad, which is a Japanese, I think Japanese uh, uh, business that has the same model that has the, all the all, all the languages except for the Arabic. So they bought. Shahia for I think 13 million dollars, which is a big number, very big number for a Lebanese uh, startup. So this is what uh, I consider one of the best startups um, uh, that I know. And during even during the crisis or regardless of the crisis, they have a very good success stories. Cool, that's fantastic. Um, Especially and- they are servicing uh, markets outside Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really cool. Um, and to what you said before was you spent a lot of money on conferences and so on and inviting speakers. I think that's not only a Lebanon uh, um, uh, a thing from Lebanon. That's more like a global phenomenon. So I, yeah. I think there are a lot of startups seem which just likes to have and celebrate themselves, and sometimes yeah. forget uh, what the main course is. So I, I remember like when I was doing my, um, I was finishing last year in high school, my, um, my art teacher, because art was one of my majors set, uh, with all the uh, high school parties, high school shirts, high school um, um, <laughs> and wine and games, don't forget your high school diploma. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and exactly. think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, I really hope that what you also said that this crisis really um, opens up maybe the eyes to the opportunity and maybe also the focus on what really matters and what moves the needle as an entrepreneur. Karima, I was lucky, by the way, I'm really lucky to witness that transformation. Okay. Uh, um, because I saw the the uh, two two um, two uh, scenarios or. Uh, two phases or the two uh, um, uh, shape, for example, of the of the startup scene in Lebanon. Right. Uh, what I have seen is that 
post the crisis, half of the ecosystem players have collapsed. Mm. They disappeared because they didn't uh, work on a sustainable model. Mm. They only count on like sponsorship and uh, subsidy by the central bank without building a really like a very good model. Right. Uh, and especially that they, many of them, they didn't have, didn't build or they didn't work for a cause. Mm. Um, for example, I'm not speaking about only us. We there is a lot of uh, uh, hubs better than than us. But speaking about our experience, Karim, um, even if we don't have any funds, we'll, we'll we'll keep on working because we have a cause, hmm. or we'll keep on finding resources to keep on working because we have a cause. Uh, so if you see the startup scenes now in Lebanon, uh, mm. um, maybe only 20% are still active because they are still have a cause. Mm. Um, so yes, uh, we, as you just say, we, we, uh, we forgot the main reason and we got busy with celebrating success, a fake success. Right. Um, now, and I was, really, I was really lucky to see this because I might have gone with this wave um, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Um, I, I really need to understand that building a business is you have to get your, your uh, hands dirty and go to the market and like uh, get a lot of uh, got your ass kicked and uh, failing and like uh, and then waking up again. Um, so it's entrepreneurship is not a lifestyle. It's not a cool uh, something to do. It is a very hard work. It is a very, one of the hardest work to do. Building a business is something, it's one of the most uh, uh, challenging journeys, especially in, in a country like Lebanon, where you don't have many subsidy, you don't have many, many support, uh, and you have to worry a lot of uh, your very basic um, resources like electricity, like air conditioning, like uh, internet. So, <laughs> You cannot build a business without having a very decent internet. Um, I don't want to be that uh, the nagging, the version of people, uh, but uh, also even uh, regardless of all these uh, uh, challenges, also Lebanon has a very good uh, um, uh, atmosphere to build a business. Speaking about the society, Lebanese are very active, very uh, ambitious. The ambition is very, is very, very important uh, mm. uh, condition to, to, to start a business as well. Absolutely. Um, Fadi, yeah. thank you so much I, um, for the discussion. It was really, really interesting and insightful for, I think, for all the listeners to understand how it is to be an entrepreneur during a crisis. Um, understand your uh, way of thinking uh, and also your optimism and the strengths and resilience of the Lebanese people. Um, so I think everyone from our listeners uh, just wishes the best of, of, of luck and fortune for uh, the entrepreneurs in Lebanon. Thank you, Karim, for hosting me again. And thank you for this amazing opportunity to speak uh, uh, in What If? podcast and uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm uh, being hosted by one of the most successful entrepreneurs I know. 
Nikels, you also have a very good success, a very nice success story to speak about. So thank you again. It was an honor and pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much, Fadi. Thank you so much.